to Joe Reed's Wikipedia. Our fake sponsor today is Pink Truck Nuts. Help support testicular cancer awareness uh, by picking up a pair of pink truck nuts at your local Vons. Okay, today's topic is simulation hypothesis. Here we go. The simulation hypothesis, or simulation theory, is the proposal that all of reality, including the Earth and the rest of the universe, could in fact be an artificial simulation, such as a computer simulation. Some versions rely on the development of a simulated reality, a proposed technology that would be able to convince its inhabitants that the simulation was real. The simulation hypothesis bears a close resemblance to various other skeptical scenarios from throughout the history of philosophy. The hypothesis was popularized in its current form by Nick Bostrom. The suggestion that such a hypothesis is compatible with all of our perceptual experiences is thought to have significant epistemological consequences in the form of philosophical skepticism. Versions of the hypothesis have also been featured in science fiction, appearing as a central plot device in many stories and films. Origins. There is a long philosophical and scientific history to the underlying thesis that reality is an illusion. This skeptical hypothesis can be traced back to antiquity. For example, to the butterfly dream of Zhongzi, or the Indian philosophy of Maya, or in ancient Greek philosophy, Anaxarchus and Monimus likened existing things to a scene painting and supposed them to resemble the impressions experienced in sleep or madness. A version of the hypothesis was also theorized as a part of a philosophical argument by René Descartes. Simulation Hypothesis Nick Bostrom's Premise Quote Many works of science fiction, as well as some forecasts by serious technologists and futurologists, predict that enormous amounts of computing power will be available in the future. Let us suppose for a moment that these predictions are correct. One thing that later generations might do with their super-powerful computers is run detailed simulations of their forebears, or of people like their forebears. Because their computers would be so powerful, they could run a great many such simulations. Suppose that these simulated people are conscious, as they would be if the simulations were sufficiently fine-grained and if a certain, quite widely accepted position in the philosophy of mind is correct. Then it could be that the case that the vast majority of minds, like ours, do not belong to the original race, but rather to people simulated by the advanced descendants of an original race. Nick Bostrom's conclusion, quote, It is then possible to argue that, if this were the case, we would be rational to think that, the, that we are likely among the simulated minds rather than among the original biological ones. Therefore, if we don't think that we are currently living in a computer simulation, we are not entitled to believe that we will have descendants who will run lots of simulations of their forebears. Okay, separate from the simulation hypothesis is the simulation argument. Uh, in 2003, philosopher Nick Bostrom proposed a trilemma 
trilemma that he called the simulation argument. Despite the name, Bostrom's simulation argument does not directly argue that we live in a simulation. Instead, Bostrom's trilemma argues that one of three unlikely-seeming propositions is almost certainly true. Number one, the fraction of human-level civilizations that reach a post-human stage, that is one capable of running high-fidelity ancestor simulations, is very close to zero. Or two, the fraction of post-human civilizations that are interested in running simulations of their evolutionary history, or variations thereof, is very close to zero. Or three, the fraction of all people with our kind of experiences that that are living in a simulation is very close to one. The trilemma points out that a technologically mature post-human civilization would have enormous computing power. If even a tiny percentage of them were to run ancestor simulations, that is, high-fidelity simulations of ancestral life that would be indistinguishable from reality to the, to the simulated ancestor, the total number of simulated ancestors, or sims, in the universe would greatly exceed the total number of actual ancestors. Bostrom goes on to use a type of anthropic reasoning to claim that if the third proposition is the one of these three that is true, and almost all people with our kind of experiences live in simulations, then we are almost certainly living in a simulation. Bostrom states that he personally sees no strong argument as to which of the three trilemma propositions is the true one. Quote, if one is true, then we will almost certainly go extinct before reaching post-humanity. If two is true, then there must be a strong convergence among the courses of advanced civilizations, so that virtually none contain any individuals who desire to run ancestor simulations and are free to do so. If three is true, then we almost certainly live in a simulation. In the dark forest of our current ignorance, it seems sensible to apportion one's credence roughly evenly between one, two, and three. I note that people who hear about the simulation argument often react by saying, yes, I accept your argument, and it's obvious that possibility number n is true, but different people pick a different n. Some think it obvious that one is true, others two, others three. Okay, pause for a quick definition. The anthropic principle is the philosophical premise that any data we collect about the universe is, is filtered by the fact that for it to be observable at all, the universe must have been compatible with the emergence of conscious and sapient life that observes it. In other words, scientific observation of the universe would not even be possible if the laws of the universe had been incompatible with the development of sentient life. Okay, so criticism of Bostrom's anthropic reasoning. Some philosophers disagree with Bostrom, proposing that perhaps sims do not have conscious experiences the same way that unsimulated humans do, or that it can otherwise be self-evident to a human that they are a human rather, rather than a sim. Philosopher Barry Dainton modifies Bostrom's trilemma by substituting neural ancestor simulations, uh, like brains in a vat, for Bostrom's ancestor simulations, on the grounds that every philosophical school of thought can agree that sufficiently high-tech neural ancestor simulation experiences 
would be indistinguishable from non-simulated experiences. Some scholars categorically reject or are uninterested in anthropic reasoning, dismissing it as merely philosophical, unfalsifiable, or inherently unscientific. Some critics propose that we could be in the first generation, and all the simulated people that will one day be created do not exist yet. Arguments within the trilemma against the simulation hypothesis. Some scholars accept the trilemma and argue that the first or second of the propositions are true, and that the third proposition, the one that we live in a simulation, is false. Physicist Paul Davies deploys Bostrom's trilemma as part of one possible argument against a near-infinite multiverse. The argument runs as follows. If there were a near-infinite multiverse, there would be post-human civilizations running ancestor simulations, and therefore we would come to the untenable and scientifically self-defeating conclusion that we live in a simulation. Therefore, by reducto ad absurdum, existing multiverse theories are likely false. Some point out that there is currently no proof of technology which would facilitate the existence of sufficiently high-fidelity ancestor simulation. Additionally, there is no proof that it is physically possible or feasible for a post-human civilization to create such a simulation, and therefore, for the present, the first proposition must be true. Additionally, there are limits of computation. Consequences of living in a simulation. Economists Robin Hansen argues a self-interested, high-fidelity sim should strive to be entertaining and praiseworthy in order to avoid being turned off or being shunted into a non-conscious, low-fidelity part of the simulation. Hansen additionally speculates that someone who is aware that he might be a sim might care less about others and live more for today. Quote, your motivation to save for retirement or to help the poor in Ethiopia might be muted by realizing that in your simulation you will never retire and there is no Ethiopia, end quote. Testing the hypothesis physically. A method to test one type of simulation hypothesis was proposed in 2012 in a joint paper by physicists Bean and these other guys uh, at the University of Washington, Seattle. Under the assumption of finite computational resources, the simulation of the universe would be performed by dividing the continuum space-time into a discrete set of points. In analogy with the many simulations that lattice gauge theorists run today to build up nuclei from the underlying theory of strong interactions, several observational consequences of a grid-like space-time have been studied in their work. In 2019, philosopher Preston Green suggested that it may be best not to find out if we're living in a simulation since, if it were found to be true, such knowing may end the simulation. Other uses of the simulation hypothesis in philosophy, besides attempting to assess whether the simulation hypothesis is true or false, philosophers have also used it to illustrate other philosophical problems, especially in metaphysics and epistemology. David Chalmers has argued that simulated beings might wonder whether their mental lives are governed by the physics of their environment, when in fact these mental lives are simulated separately, and are thus in fact not governed by the simulated physics. They might eventually find that their thoughts fail to be physically caused. Chalmers argues that this means that Cartesian dualism is not necessarily as problematic of a philosophical view as is commonly supposed 
though he does not endorse it. Yes. So basically, a lot of this article was taken from a a paper published by Nick Bostrom called Are You Living in a Computer Simulation? uh, Published in 2003. You can check it out online. Uh, Just Google it. It's about a 14-page PDF. Okay, see you next time. (laughs) Thank you.